Michael Yo Show. Celebrities, pop culture, and comedy. Dude. Beautiful in here. Thank you. That's Bruno Mars, man. I was hit, I interviewed first interview uh-huh. when he became uh released his first album in america he was so insecure and scared uh-huh. and I, I kept fucking with him and so i brought out that picture of him because he used to impersonate michael jackson in yeah. hawaii mm-hmm. so since we kind of fucked with each other he wrote you're a dick uh and then signed it bruno mars oh, I love and that. my wife found it this is like 12 years old oh that's so cool yeah it's such a dope moment you know, you know what's crazy about that 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 whole michael jackson yeah uh thing is i was in uh I was in Tacoma, and uh, the news reporter did a whole feature on a kid impersonating Michael Jackson, uh, like when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, yeah. So when he was doing that was it, Bruno was Mars. A, I know, but how crazy is that? That a local affiliate did a whole piece on that. It was oh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, how amazing that 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 TV. This is weird that I we're even talking about this, but it, it's just so crazy that that reporter has that in his hip. Like, I I thought that that was an interesting story 20-something, 20 25 years ago. You can brag ago. about it for, like, I'm going to brag about that picture 50 years from yeah, now? Yeah, but, that, like, but that's how good Bruno was. I bet you that reporter probably went on vacation in Hawaii and was just like, holy shit, who's this kid? I'm going to do a whole thing and talk about it in Tacoma. Because I remember as a kid watching yeah. that. It's so funny because I remember they interviewed him and he was talking. Like, if you watch the the report, have you ever seen that that interview? No. It's a, that's a local uh, news reporter from from Tacoma. Well, NBC has my interview and they won't give it to me because I've always want now. I want really? It. Yeah, they won't give it to me. It's, Come I, on, I, NBC. I worked for E at the time. I was working for E yeah. at the time, and uh, I was like, I called him up probably about two years ago. I was like, dude, I did. This was his first American interview after the album came out. I was in the studio when they were finishing the first album. Wow. It was in this little shack in the hood. Yeah. It literally is no big. The whole studio was no bigger than this room. Yeah. And he was so nervous. He was scared. After the really? interview, he comes up to me and goes, did I do okay? Did I look okay? How'd I sound? You know, like that insecure dude. Yeah. And now to see him the biggest, got so much swag. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's it, amazing. Ugh, he's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. He ate at my restaurant twice. Yeah, I know, because you post about it all the time. No, I didn't. I did no, it yeah, two yeah. times. Yeah. I posted it two times. Because he ate there two times. Yeah, because he, he asked directly. I like to eat at your restaurant. I go, yeah, no problem. Oh, so Bruno Mars reaches out to you. Is that what you're saying? I mean, we can't talk about that publicly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn let off me, your phone. Let me put this on a mute. Yeah. Oh, right. did you get the 11? Because you're into phones and stuff. So like I got the 11, right? I bought four of them. <laughs> I love that Joe will never tell you just, yeah, I got it. He has to tell you the number, the price. Yeah. Yeah. Do so I bought four, the, the, the maximum, the big ones. Right. And, uh, and one went to my son, went, went to my girlfriend and then, uh, one to me. And then one I gave away for, for like, just uh, for fun to, to a radio personality. Oh Very, really? Yeah. A good friend of mine, uh, out of, out in Florida. Oh, you know him. Who? Orlando. Orlando. I love Orlando. So, uh, yeah. And he was always there since Jump Street. You yeah, know what I mean? So I, I love that guy. And he loves you. And um, so I, I sent it to him. I didn't send him a phone, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. Um, yeah, but you will. Yeah. You know what I mean? Always remember the guys that were there first. 100%. You know what I mean? Always. I'm still Never forget my, those cats. You didn't give me a phone yet. I was there for you. Man, you were an asshole in the beginning, Mike. I was Mike. so down with the Joe Coy crew. It's goddamn penguin suits. <laughs> 
You were always jealous of my style. I was like, man, you got to start wearing some J's, bro. Look, anyways, I had four of them. Gave them all away, and I had mine. So I'm in the process of switching them out, right? And uh, so I go, oh, I'm on the road. So I'm going to take this phone, and I take the other phone. I put the other, but see, I'm doing, every night I'm doing a different place. So I'm going from one hotel to another, and I, I had to charge the new one. And we went to the next city, and I left it on the, the thing. On the counter. But, but I haven't put a passcode yet. So, of course, housekeeping's not going to turn it in. Because when you turned it on, it said, welcome. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Pick a language. I'm like, oh, man, they're keeping it. So, that's what happened with that. So, I still got, oh, I still got this phone, man. Oh, so, I thought you had an extra one, though. Oh, you gave one I to I gave that away to Orlando. Take away your sons. I, I know. He, he already should. cracked it, too. See, he doesn't care about technology. He doesn't. Mm-mm. The kids, are, you're, is your son spoiled? Okay, I spoil him because I want to spoil him. Yes. My son does not act spoiled, nor does he ask for things. You do it all on I your own. I do it all on my own. But uh, when he does ask, man, it's big. Is it really? Yeah, it's what's big. the What's the one thing that was big he asked for that you was like, absolutely not? The Porsche Macan. What? Yeah. How old is he? 14? 15? No, he just, he turned 16, but I bought it for him. Yeah, I bought it for him when he was, uh, right when he turned 16. I bought bought him the Porsche Macan. No, you did not. Yeah, I did. See, you're the problem. No. No, you are the problem. You you can't give. Look, I'm breaking that wall. No, I'm not. Yeah. You are the problem. You know that's a problem. No, it's not, Mike. Because my son does not act like a spoiled kid. He needs to go through it. We went through the the shitty cars to get to the good car. Man, that's that's a thing of the past, man. That's a, that's like the nineties. It's not like that anymore. It's not like that anymore. Because here's the here's the reason why is because he uh, he'd rather Uber. And see that that back when we were kids, yeah, it was all about give me something with an engine so we can go. I need to go there. So give me an engine. I need my driver's license. I'm 15 and a half. Give me my permit. I need this. Mom, can I drive you around? Let me practice. That was a very man. Cause you knew that was your only way to get a ride, right? Now they don't give a shit. Now they got Uber. So if they don't give a shit, why do you give them a Porsche? He asked for the Porsche. I gave him the Porsche and I have been driving that Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you drove here? No, I drove mine. Okay. Yeah. But nice. he, yeah uh, matching Porsches. Yeah, I bought a I bought a his and his Porsche. <laughs> man, but see, you're making me look you're making me look like uh, I am I am. But there's a difference, man, and you're gonna notice it too when um, because these are very crucial years. And see, you've been blessed because Oliver is what now two two and a half. Okay, yeah. he's two and a half now. Imagine being on the road every day of the week oh. from two and a half to to twelve. Oh, I couldn't. Right? Yeah. You did that. I did. You know what I mean? I was broke, bro. So my my only way to put diapers on my son was to be on the road. And this is back when I had to do Wednesdays through Sunday, come home Monday, get on a plane Tuesday to do Wednesday radio. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there was a lot of one days with my son. I missed a lot of birthdays, bro. I missed a lot of Christmases because I had to get that money. Like, why, of course I'm going to take New Year's Eve. It pays what? Yeah, I'll take it. You know what I mean? So I missed a lot. So I know it sounds like I'm spoiling him, but that's my way of you being did like miss a lot, man. I missed a lot, and, it, well, it, and it's my way. It's my way of being like, look, 
I know I missed a lot, but this is this is why I can do this. Uh-huh. And, and and I know it sounds like I'm did spoiling. He, did he ever confront you about that? Like when you would miss birthdays you know or you weren't around or did at a very young age he shared the vision? I remember one time I cried because I was like, God damn it. I told you guys April fucking 21 is my son's birthday. And if you throw gigs my way, I'm just going to say yes. And it's up to you guys to be like, oh, no, 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 you told me not to do it. But they didn't. They They booked it. And I remember like crying, like, fuck, I'm going to miss his birthday. Because you needed the money. And I had to take it. And and it just sucked. Did he ever mention that to you? I remember one time I was, dude, there was one time I was on his birthday. I was going to fucking cancel it because I totally forgot. I remember I got on the plane Wednesday and, uh, and then his mom, Angie goes, you know, his birthday's Sunday. And I'm like, mother fucker. And I was going to cancel that Sunday. I, I remember like, I can't do it. Like I'm leaving. And, and then, you know, of course, my agent and everyone's like, you do that. You're going to get blackballed. Like, yo, you can't do that. And I was just so mad. So, you know what I mean? Like, I can't explain those moments. You'll know. Yeah, no, no, You'll no, know. no. Like, I, I'll miss out on a new word, he says. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, the first time he ever said, hello, Dada, I got that in a video message. Yeah. And I wasn't there, and <laughs> I was destroyed by it, man. See, man, I don't. you're going to make me cry on your pod. I don't want to do that, bro. Yeah. It's, that's not, it, it, it hurts, you know, and, and, and we, that's, that's what, that's what we sacrifice as entertainers. Time with your kid. To, to give them the most amazing life, you know, cause they'll, they'll never have the life you had and, and he'll never have the life I had. Like if he lived my life, he, he would, he would be hating life right now at this age at 16. Yeah. And I don't want him to feel that. Where were you at six? So people understand. Depressed. Depressed. 16. Yes. Where were you at the like same age as your son? Right I was now? in Tacoma in my mom's room, probably watching Cosby himself, Robin Williams live at the Met, Whoopi Goldberg around the world, Eddie Murphy delirious. Uh, all those were on the same Kodak videotape because you, you can put uh, extended play EP. You can move, manipulate the tape. You can do a two hour and get better quality or you can do really shitty quality and move it to extended play. Uh, like sometimes it'd be so bad that the lips wouldn't be synced, <laughs> but you can get five videos. Yeah. And mind you, you know, to get my mom to buy three blank tapes was like, like, what are you talking about? Like, no, you already have a blank tape. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like you found yourself... You know, uh, re-recording, re-recording, over. so and putting tape over the the. See, like these kids don't know what we're talking about. These G, the, what are they called? The uh, Gen Zs and the Millennials. They they don't know what we're fucking talking about right now. But that that's the time that I was at sixteen. I was in my mom's room because my mom worked late, and I would literally just watch those until I fell asleep. I never did classwork. I would just literally. You know, there was no Comedy Central. There was no yeah. cable. Like, literally, I got that from HBO, and and they would only air those maybe once in a while. So when it came on, you had to record it, and and that's what I was doing. I was depressed. Why, why were you depressed? My brother was crazy, and, and when I say crazy, I don't mean um, I'm not, you know, he, he's, he's got schizophrenia, but we didn't know that at the time. I mean, we did, but we didn't know it was going to be that bad, and uh, so... Uh, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of cops at the house, uh, divorce happened because of my brother. So, you know, I found me being funny was an escape. Like I knew I had the talent of being funny, but, uh, but I didn't know what stand up comedy was until I saw those guys. And then that's when I knew, oh, that's why I'm here. I, I have to do what they're doing. 
And I, and that's all I did was watch that because it, it took my mind off of everything. Is that why you feel like you work so hard to be like, I don't want to say the dad that your dad wasn't, you know, like yeah. even I, I came from a good home, Yeah, but even with my son, the things that I didn't get as a kid, and yeah. I don't mean materialistic. Yeah. Like my parents didn't tell me they loved me until I was like 29. Yeah. You know, that, that wasn't a thing in our house. We just never said, I love you. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I loved them, but we didn't say it. Yeah. Where I tell my son 200 times a day, I love him. Fucking 5,000 yeah, times. I, many- I, I kiss my son. Oh, like I, I can't even tell. Maybe that's an extension of me because my de- mom and dad divorced. My dad moved to Phoenix. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was so young. And he never came to any of my birthdays. You know what I mean? Because he, could, he couldn't. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't explain uh, to these people or these kids now or the younger generation what there was no such thing as an $89 ticket. No. You know, there was no such thing as a Southwest. Oh, just get on Southwest and you'll be in blah, blah, blah. That didn't exist. Getting on a plane was an event. Yes. And your whole family walked you to the gate. <laughs> there was no TSA. It was a thing. It was an event. So my dad, he, he was in Phoenix. Like, and, 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 and at that time I hated my dad. You know what I mean? I fucking, you know, I, I always cursed my dad and, you know, I didn't understand why he left. You know what I mean? Like I was so young when, when they divorced. How old were you? I was about 10, 11. Okay. It was the minute we landed in uh, Tacoma. The minute we landed in Tacoma, that was the divorce. It was done. My was mom like and dad were done. My dad, it was like, my dad was like, when I get to America, I'm fucking out of here. And that's literally what happened. He, he bounced and, uh, and now it sucked because it was my mom, my, my brother, you know what I mean? At that time was just being crazy. Like we didn't get it. Oh, we knew that, that he was a problem, but we didn't think we thought we could control it with medication and, 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 and we'll learn how to, you know, get that routine going, but that, that routine never happened. It just got worse and worse. You know, a lot of cops, my dad, broken ribs, my mom, black eye, you know what I mean? And cops. And you're just like, fuck. And, and then my so dad, your leaves. brother would do that. Oh, my brother would beat the shit out of everybody, bro. Man, when I watched, um, it's so funny. Cause now I'm loosely talking about it. Cause uh-huh. I, there's been so many interviews about my brother that, uh, you know, I, more and more I get, I, I let it out, but there was a time, Mike, where I didn't tell anyone I had a brother. I didn't even know. I'm be honest with you. Yeah, I, I I consider us close friends. Yeah, I didn't even know you had a brother. No, till now. Oh, really? I did not know you oh, had I'm a brother. Sorry. No, I didn't. You've never brought him up in front of me. Oh, I'm so sorry. Out of all the conversations we had, me yeah. at your house, no matter where, me yeah. touring with you, it's hard. I've never heard about your brother. It's a hard conversation because I love my Is brother. Is he still a lot. alive? Yeah, yeah, oh, he's okay. still alive, but you know, he, he, he's got a lot of help. You know what I mean? Okay. Hospitals and he know he, that's another story, but, yeah. um, but, uh, yeah, there was times where people would be like, Oh, so do you have siblings? I, I have two sisters. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd always do that. But, uh, cause I was always, it wasn't that I was ashamed. It's just, it's a conversation I'm not ready for. Because it's, it's layered than I it, have a yeah. brother. Because the next question, oh, what, what's what he, does he do? Yeah. Where does he live? It's like, you know, like you don't want to know about mental hospital. You don't yeah. want to know about, like, I, I'm not ready for that, you know, but now I am, you know, I, you, I remember I you, opened up with Aisha Tyler. I did her podcast about five years ago and I don't know what it was with her that I just felt comfortable to just talk about my brother. And then it just all came. Oh, I was talking about my dad. Cause yeah. I was like, I was like a lot of people go, uh, Oh, you just talk about your mom. Cause it's the easiest, easiest way to, first of all, no, it's not the easiest way no. to tell. It took me 14 years to talk about my mom first and foremost. And then, uh, and, and, and two, I only talk about my mom 
Because that's all I know is my mom. Yeah. All I know is my mom. All I know is my mom's sisters. That's all I know. You know what I mean? And, and, and I remember when I used to goes, why, why don't you talk about your dad? And I'm like, I don't have any stories. What do you want me to talk about? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, my, my dad and I, you know, he even said it. He was like, yeah, I, I you know, I he apologized and, and, and we both cried. You know what I mean? And, yeah. I, and I told my dad, you know, the cool thing about kids, man, is uh, they'll write the story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Are you about to cry? Yeah. It's no, deep. Like when you said they'll write the story, what, what does that exactly mean to you? It's like, um, I don't know if I can get there yet. <laughs> yeah. We'll take a break. Okay, 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 okay. We'll, we'll take a quick break. We're going to come back. It's the Michael Yo Show with Joe Coy. We'll be right back. Yeah. Hey, what's up? It's Michael Yo. Okay, if you like the show, please support it right now. Just go to iTunes, give it five stars, leave a comment, and subscribe. It does so much for the show. It helps get us into the top of the charts. And we're building momentum, man. We're so excited about the show. We're so excited about the guests we have coming on. So please support the show. It means a lot to me. Subscribe, comment, give it five stars. And please share it as well. All right, we're back. I'm sorry I got a little teary-eyed. No, I, get, but, I get a little emotional. But one thing one thing that I love about you at this point now, because I've only known you for 12 years of your life. Yeah. We met on Chelsea. Yeah. But to know that you're opening up and letting other people know about it, I, I think that's a big deal. Yeah. And I, I just really, and I know we went to break, but I really want to know what that comment meant. about When I said the kids will write their own story. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Uh, what I meant by that is like, no matter how old they are, like Oliver's two and a half now, yeah. right? Say, say you and your beautiful wife, uh, get into something where you guys split and it's not going to happen. No. But if it does, yes. you will, you will do whatever. I don't know how yours is going to end, but in my story, it ended badly. Okay. So there's a lot of war words. There's a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things being said about each other's parent in front of the kids because that's what parents do. I mean, that's probably what they did back then. And that's probably what they still do now. You know what I mean? There's a lot more modern families now than there was back then. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm a modern family. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a product of what happened to me. Uh, you, you get to choose which way you want to go. Do when, when I divorced Angie, I, I had an option. Ooh, I know what my dad did. I'm going to do that because that's what I was. Uh, I was taught that. So, so Joe's going to live a shit life because I lived a shit life. Cause that's what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, when a dad divorces, he fucking walks, you know what I mean? So as you were growing up, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I'm sorry. I keep running my mouth. No, I, I no, ramble, but, uh, but what I'm saying is, uh, when I say kids write their own stories, it's like, like I said, you know, my mom and dad had a, a war of words and, and my dad left and, and then, you know, uh, I missed a lot, you know, he missed a lot of birthdays and all that. And when I'm saying about your, the kids write their own stories, right? Is that what I said? It's because they observe and they absorb and they see. So no matter what the fuck you tell Oliver, he, he'll, he can read his own story. He'll write his story. You can shit on his mom as much as you want. You know what I mean? 
but he's going to see the reality. And then, and then when he gets older, he's going to be like, no, 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 this is the truth right here. Yeah. I saw it, dad. Yeah. I but- saw you rambling in your mouth a lot, but this is what really happened, dad. You know what I mean? No, like you, I, I, you, you think you can be sly with your words and slick with these kids because they're kids, but these kids, they're, they're brilliant. You know what I mean? Like, like I saw a lot, like, and I heard a lot. You know, I heard my mom say a lot. You know, I heard my dad say a lot. But after a lot of time and after seeing a lot of how, you know what I mean? Like through the years, I, I see how each person acts and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, then I wrote my own story. I'm like, I get it. I got it, dad. I mean, I, uh, I'm mad at you, but I understand. You know what I mean? Like I, I get why you left and, and I, and I appreciate you. you know I mean, now let's build this relationship now. And that's what happened at 22. That's when my dad came back into my life. And, and we, 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 we built this relationship after that. You know what I mean? I, I think, does that make any sense? No, it makes a, a lot of sense because at a very young age, kids, six, seven, eight years old, yep. they have a moral compass. Mm-hmm. Like they know when something's wrong, yeah. no matter what you're telling them, they're like, this isn't right. Yeah. They, they ha- Every human has a moral compass. And I think you absorb, like you said, you write your own story because yeah. whatever you absorb, yeah. that's what you're going to give out later. And you have to make that decision. Yeah. Like my parents didn't tell me they love me. I tell my kid, I love them all the time. I can't stop. Like I can't stop. Is that either. my way of dealing with uh, the tra- the trauma I saw? Well, I, is that but, my mental trauma that well, I had? I, I think like people always go, "Did it hurt you that yeah. your parents didn't say I love you?" I, I don't know because they never did. But mm. I know obviously it must have. It must have, right? Because I'm saying it all the time. Because to my you, kid. yeah, you don't want your son to have that same feeling. I don't That's want it, so I, crazy. I don't want him to ever go. My dad did not tell me he loved me. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Isn't that crazy that you feel that way indirectly? That that a thought in your head and that you never exposed it, it that you never yes. that you always like just say it like under your breath like it's cool my, my parents never said they loved me like it's a cool thing to say but deep down inside the way you act with your son emotionally and physically is is a, a, a result it's of a, what that was absolutely absolutely that's and, crazy bro yeah and i, I never th- even thought that until you said that right now yeah and and i think that's why i talk about it on yeah. stage so much because that's one thing that I didn't even know affected me till you start talking yeah. about it. You know, it's crazy. A lot of people go, why do you hug so much? There's two reasons why I hug so much. One, I hate shaking hands. Yeah, I, I have to terms. shake. I got I to shake 200 hands a night. Sometimes 250, 300. <laughs> I, you do that and tell me how your hands feel. Okay. And, yeah. and there's a lot of wet hands. Mm, mm. There's a lot of clammy hands that Ernie, come through. He's always sweating. Yeah. He Ernie, Ernie's hands. always clammy. Yeah. Have you seen his keyboard? Drenched. <laughs> Um, uh, and two, I love the feeling of a hug, man. Mm. I really do, man. I really do. And I can, I I will hug everyone the same damn way. Like there's something about it. Like the, the energy that you get from it, the, I don't know, man. I, I just, I really do. I really do enjoy that hug. I, you know what else I love? I love it when someone, when I hug someone and they go, Oh my God, I'm a hugger too. I love that. And I don't know, maybe it's because, you know, we got Asian moms yeah. and, and I, I hate using that stereotype, but there's the, that, those particular Asian moms that we have, you yeah. and I, mm-hmm. uh, cut from a different cloth, man. They came from a different time, a different era, a different type of racism, mm-hmm. uh, 
a, a, a generation that that was being created, <laughs> uh, like the mixed generate the yeah. mixed race generation. Like we we're they we were, are we are the reason for that. They our parents, if you think, are the trendsetters. They are of that. They, and I say that all the time. Like nobody so, gets it unless you're no mixed, one like, fucking gets it. Yeah. They don't understand, and we're still we're still like dealing with an identity. Oh yeah, there, there's there's full Asians that still look at us going, "You're not really Asian," and it's like, wait. Yeah, I am. You know what I mean? Like Tiger Woods still do, deals with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, where are you on that right now? Because so many people, like, I, I'm glad. I think we've gotten to a place where you don't have to choose which one you are. You just are who you well, are. No, I, I feel like, yeah, we still, you still have to embrace and, and, and uh, appreciate that culture. And, and you want to have an identity. Oh, of course. Like, 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 especially in this business, bro, like for, for me to get motivated and inspired to be, become a comic. Look, look, just, just off of what I said earlier, my, my inspirations were, uh, two black people, no, three black people and one white person. You know what I mean? And it didn't come until later that when I saw a Margaret Cho or when I found out Rob Schneider was half Filipino, like those were my real inspirations because then I was like, oh shit, that wait, someone that looks like me or, or has a mom like me can make it. You know what I mean? No, and that's 100%. very, that's very, very important. It's, it's very, it's, and even to this day, I mean, we yeah. got more people, but those people were our age coming up. So we didn't have them to look up to exactly. until they like Tiger Woods was probably the first black and Asian guy I was like, Oh my God. I couldn't believe it. Like, like, but he was 21 and I was like 18. You Dude, know? So it was my mouth dropped when Tiger, I, I, I became a golf fan. Yeah. Like, like that's how much he inspired me. Like it, it meant so much. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. Like it, it was just. I remember when they, he said that uh, someone asked him if he was black, and he goes, "Well, I'm black and I'm Thai, right? Yeah. He's Thai, yeah, right? yeah, black and Thai." Uh, and and uh, and people I remember, got, I remember people got mad, and I'm like, "Well, why are you mad?" Well, black people got mad, but 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 I didn't understand that. I'm like, "Yo, he's he's got a mother, and, and that's his identity. Yeah, that's his culture. You, you know, know I mean? had dinner with him. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I had right after you won." We winded, which one? Uh, the first Masters. Oh, uh. so I was like two weeks after that. We he showed up to a place I was working at, and he uh, showed up way too early because he was flying around and his time was off. So we just grabbed a drink and some bites to eat. And I asked him, "Why did you say you weren't? Were black? you a radio personality at this no, time? I, yes, in Houston, Texas. So, but he wasn't on my show. We were at this." other i had a second job i was like a club manager at a very young age okay it's a weird story anyway so he asked he was coming to the place that was hot he was just way too early so i asked him why didn't you just say you were black he goes because it'd be disrespecting my mom yeah and i love my mom just as much but as i, I didn't, but that it's just weird that it's that's weird even that, a topic and, and, and like but back then you can understand how it was back then yeah because that's 20 something 24 years ago and 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 and, and oh, man i hope i don't get in trouble for this but but that's how important it was to black people as well. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That now we have an identity in golf. golf. And, and I, it meant a lot, especially during that time. You know, because, you know, like I said, people don't understand about that time. There was a different fucking time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Well, well let me let me go back. Even it's not that it's not that different in some instances, because I think a lot of times people want to put labels on people. So. 
America can feel like they got a check mark. You know, Tiger Woods, first black golfer. They didn't say he was the first Asian golfer to win nope. the Masters, nope. but he's half black and Asian. Yeah. They said first black. Obama, half black, half white. Yeah. First black president. Yeah. They don't look at the white side of them. You yeah. see what I mean? Yeah. And I understand black people's point of view because yeah. I am half black. Yeah. You know, my dad, 1% black in America, you're black. Yeah. But it's a thing where it's, it's, I feel that America, it's more about the check mark. What are you talking about? We do, we had a black president. Yeah. That was half white. Mm. You know, nobody's, you know, you never mentioned the white side. You never mentioned the Asian side in yeah, Tiger Woods. Exactly. It's always, oh, he's the first black golfer to win the Masters. Yes. And they disregard the Asian side. Yeah. Or Obama, they disregard the white side. Yeah. So it, it's funny. I think America just, Eminem, oh, this white rapper. Mm-hmm. You never heard anybody say Eminem without saying white rapper when he first came out. Yeah. They went hand in hand. Yeah. Because America had to check that mark. Oh, there is a white dude that can rap. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel that. A lot has changed, but a lot is still the same. I so. think it's still the same too. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So, so I want to go to more happy times with Joe Coy. Yeah, sorry about that. No, no, it, it's good to get real, but man, first of all, I'm so proud Wait, of I you. Wait, I want to, I, I, I got to, I got to like, uh, wrap up what I said about yes. write their own stories. Yes. I, if you don't mind, let no, me just finish it. Sure. But what I, what I, what I, what I meant to say is I don't talk about my father, but growing up, and seeing everything happen and then now being an adult and looking back at it, uh, I understand, right? And um, like I, I, I put myself in my dad's shoes, you know, to adopt a son that was eight years old at the age of 28, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then eight years later, my son, his, this son that he just adopted is 16 and kicking the shit out of him and the cops are at the house. Like, can you put yourself in, that, in those shoes? Could you be a 20-year-old, 28-year-old man and adopting a kid and then eight years later getting your ass kicked by this kid that's not even yours? Like, I told my son, I'd be like, I'd, I'd fucking leave too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, I get it, dad. Like, I get it. I'm mad, but I get it. I totally fucking get it. And you know what's cool about my dad? He is, because my brother's always in and out of this hospital. I'm not going to say the name of the hospital, but there's a log book, right? And, uh, and if you go, I remember I went to visit my brother cause it's hard for me. It's, it's really hard. You guys, I'm sorry. Uh, and that's something else that I'll deal with. But when I do see my brother, uh, you, you have to log in. And when you look at this log book, all you'll see is John C. Herbert. Your father. <laughs> that must make you feel good though. Pretty cool. Huh? Yeah. Because you know, like Tom- maybe that's what I'll talk about. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'll talk about with my dad. But I, I still have to embellish. I still have to make it funny. Yeah. That's my responsibility. That's my job. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? But that's that's the beautiful thing about my dad. That if you look at that logbook, oof. That's a beautiful thing. It's deep, bro. Yeah. It's deep. Do I remember you- I broke down crying. I was like, whoa. Holy, it was pages, bro. Pages. And what's even better, he didn't even tell you. Yo, I didn't even he think didn't of that to, until now. He, he, didn't he need to never told us. He, didn't he need never to told us that he, he was doing that. I'm, I'm talking, bro, I'm talking years. Years. That's crazy. That's deep right mm-hmm. there. There was one time my brother was missing, and my mom was like, Robert's missing. No one knows where Robert is. They're, they're telling me he, he didn't check in, and he's just missing. We all called my dad. That's That's some gangster shit. Yeah. And he got on a plane and went without Robert. <laughs> Man, 
Is that deep or what? It is. It, it's, it's a thing where... I remember we were all crying like, Dad, find Robert. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because you knew you, he would. Fucking found him. Yeah. Found him in some kind of halfway house somewhere in... I don't even know where. Yeah. Just fucking found him. Went there and fucking... It was crazy. I was like... But we all knew. We all said it like as if it was how you're supposed to say it. Yeah. Like it came out of our mouths. You know what I mean? Even you, my mom was like, does your father define Robert? Yeah. All of us. And this is literally like, this was like 10 years ago. Like maybe 10 years ago. And my dad in his 60s, 10 years ago in his 60s, went and found Robert. And what's your dad think about your success now? About, oh, it, it's, it's crazy. I, I feel bad, Mike. Like, I really do feel bad that I, I, I don't have a story or I don't have a joke from my dad or, you know, I do. I really, really do. I want to, you know what I mean? But can't, but I would imagine you're a lot closer now. Oh, we're so close. And you have, oh, you're just not, I, I believe you're such a brilliant comic. You have jokes. You're just not ready to put them out there. You'll find. I do. Like right now I'm trying to talk about my, because my brother, if you ever talk to my brother, he's so fucking funny, man. Yeah. He really is, man. And he does the, the office jokes. He loves those. You know what I mean? The ones that you get out of a book. Yeah. That's my brother. And it's, he's always been that way. And, uh, and, um, and I want to talk to him. I'm trying to open up, you know, I'm trying to open up, you know, I'm doing this thing about, I don't want to talk about it, but yeah. I, I do this thing where I'm, I'm trying to slowly ease into it because I still got to make it funny, man. Yeah. I got to my heart. I have to, you know what I mean? Uh, there's there's a lot of truth in my in my jokes, but there's also a lot of embellishment. You know, when I remember when I talked about my two sisters getting kicked out of the house by my mom. Man, that story is a lot deeper than you want to know. Yeah, there's there's so many layers, but I peel I only peeled off the first layer because it still had to be funny. You know what I mean? Is there is there when you do because I've never seen a comedian like in real life do a different show. Every single show, like literally you go to one of your shows and I noticed this even when I first started, it's more like an event. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like I saw a comedy show. I saw, I feel like I saw an event (laughs) and then I've been with you for 16 shows on a weekend and you never start to show the same. You do great crowd work, but as you get more popular, more people know your material Mm. faster. Yeah. You know, before you could bank on, Oh, they won't see this for a year and a half, two years. Now, literally they consume it in a month. I got people coming now two on the same weekend, two different States. Yeah. And, 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 and it's so funny because it's like, they'll tell me in the, in the, in the, in the line, the VIP line. Cause they want to meet you twice. They'll be like, I'm coming to Iowa. I'm like, oh shit. So now all I think about, I'm not thinking about the show of all the people that are going to be there. I'm thinking about the one person that's coming <laughs> again. I have to change it for that one person. Literally, that's how I walk out. Like there's one person here that saw me yesterday. I have to change it. I've seen you write material on stage. I, or is it is it getting easier? Because it seems like you're at a place where you open up your life more. Yeah. Is it getting easier or are you at that place where... You know, I'm letting a lot out, but I'm not ready to let it out. So I'm just, and I want to call it surface, but you're not peeling as far yeah. back on certain things. So yeah. what's your writing? How's your writing like right now? It's, 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 cause you know, the last one just came out four months ago yeah. and, uh, and literally people are coming because of that as well. And I can't do that. So, uh, but it has to match that. Yeah. That level. That's what's crazy. Like I'm, I'm getting applause breaks. I'm getting, you know what I mean? And, and if I go up, if they come see me live and it's not getting the applause breaks that, that they saw on the special, 
I feel like I, I ripped them off. Well, see, but so, but a lot of comics don't feel that way. Because I've seen I've seen a lot of big comics yeah. that will go on stage because they got to work out. Yeah. But it seems like you're always like your workout is through crowd. I, yeah. Like, what's your process? I, I I I do the crowd work. That that's my man. That's my baby though. Like uh, my my ad libbing skills. Like it's ridiculous. It, it's crazy. Like even I like go backstage and I'm like where the fuck did that come from? Because I don't know where it's coming from. I really don't. So I I always rely on that. Uh, and, and that's what I want to open up with. So I'll always give, I'll always dedicate like at least 15 minutes to 20. Cause that, that's going to give me that, that, that's going to give the fans like, that was great. And that was different. Yeah. And then I, I got the jokes that I'm working on, but then I tuck them in between these new jokes that I got that are, that are pretty solid. You know mm-hmm. I mean? So there's like this, it's kind of like, it's like, it's like baking a cake. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The cake's going to be delicious, but man, I got to add all this shit in there first. So there's a lot of sprinkling and adding and, and tasting and baking. And so what that's would you what say, I do. What would you say to comics that are trying to work on new material? But like for me, I'm not, I, I watch you, I admire your crowd, but I'm not a crowd work guy like that. Yeah. So what's the advice to a person like me that, or any comic that's not great at that, but you still got to develop yeah. stuff at a rapid speed. Yeah. Drop everything. Drop it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not going to rely on your ad lib, then then don't go out yeah. and just drop the entire hour. Well and start from zero again. Well what's interesting is Go to go to go to the improv on the Melrose and, and do your five minutes and and, and, build and, and write that five minutes and then tuck that away and then write another five and then just build that hour. That's what I suggest. You know what's funny is I was uh, talking to Sarah Silverman, and she goes, I'm building a new hour because I think she shot a special, or she's shooting another special. Uh And she was literally going on the road, bringing comics with her, uh, and said, I only have 30 minutes of new stuff, so I'm not doing old. And if I have to bring three comics with me, I'll bring three comics with me, but I'm doing this 30 minutes of new stuff that's and building great. from there. Yeah, that's I'm great. not doing old stuff. So if I only have, so I was thinking about it, if I only have 25 new minutes, you just bring more comedians, mm. but at least you're not doing old stuff. But can you also make sure that you bring t- like two or three amazing comedians? Killers. Like they can only be killers, man. You got it. That, well, you have opener- the responsibility as a headliner to make sure that the crowd is watching headlining material. Like that's why they're paying. It's a, it's a night, man. These people waited a month to see you. They, they, they went online when they found out that you were coming and they, they dropped $300 and they've been waiting three weeks and you can't come there with some bullshit. Yeah. With some dude that, 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 Oh, he does. You know, this guy, this guy, he got nine minutes of blah, blah, blah. You know, he's mediocre. You know what I mean? You know, you got to have bangers in front of you and only follow bangers. That way, when they leave, they go, that was a show. That guy that opened was amazing. The guy that middled was amazing. And of course, Joe Coy came in and he did his thing or Michael Yo did his man. That was a show. They're going to forget that you did 25 minutes. But don't you, don't you, uh, agree? There are some headliners, uh, Oh that yeah, that, that want to look like a superstar, so they bring bad talent, bad that make themselves look better. Man, I used to like my mouth used to drop when I'd be like, "You, you let who open for you? Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. why?" I remember going to shows as a fan, and and the person in front, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I'm not gonna lie, I, I want to say the name, but I don't. Um, 
And no disrespect, you know who you are. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no disrespect. I'm not, I'm not calling yeah. you out. Like, yeah. you, you know you're not that good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but like, but like headliners have the responsibility to like, to give dude, them a whole I've show. I've only brought bangers, man. I, my, I've only brought bangers in front of me. Like, my whole career, I've always put, a, a, a fucking star in front of me where like I'm backstage like oh shit okay here we go yeah like I'm dude, sorry, sorry I, could, I had to I do could, that to you sorry I had to do that to you Joe you know yeah, I, you no I, I, <laughs> I put I put Mike in front of me I put Chris D'Elia in front of me I, I had Chris D'Elia open for me for a year and a half yeah. bro you know what I mean and and well, dude. all my openers I got from you, like yeah. Nick Guerra at a time Orlando I, Baxter dude, Orlando Baxter dude there was this one cat uh, Ty Rivera man he would decimate i remember i took him to guam and this is literally because chris got a gig chris D'Elia was like um i got this uh audition or some shit and he, he probably got the part whatever yeah, the right. part was you know what i mean that's that's what chris and then uh he goes i can't go with you and i was like all right cool and i and i got ty to to open for me and then and we went to guam and this motherfucker got a standing o in front of me you know, like 20 people was like <laughs> and even my sister's like who's this guy <laughs> I was like, this kid's a beast, man. Don't get me wrong. I crushed that night. Did you get a standing oh, up? Oh, fuck yeah, I got a okay. standing up. Um, but that, but, but that's what you do, man. Like, you follow fire, man. Like, you, you gotta show the world why you're a headliner. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter who's in front of you. I don't give a fuck who you are. I gotta follow you. How far into your career did you feel like, you didn't care who was in front of you or behind. I got that mentality from Cedric the Entertainer. I say this story all the time. I opened for him at the Pochenga, Pochenga the Pochenga. <laughs> I opened for him at Pochenga. I remember my son was only a year old, and uh, uh, my ex-wife was with me. She was my wife at the time, and uh, and I remember we had to deal with uh, Indian law. Like they were like, you can't bring a minor on here, so you might as well go home. But I'm like, bro, I need this money. Like, please, like, I have nowhere to put my son. We didn't know. This is my first big gig ever opening for Cedric. Like, I just brought my son because I thought it was a casino. I'm from Vegas. You can bring kids to casinos. You know what I mean? I go, it's just be backstage. No, 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 you can't. It's Indian, uh, you know, it's the Indian law here, the reservation law, whatever. And, uh, Cedric was like, no, 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 please. He'll be in and out. Just let him, like, he, he, he yeah, let, he went to bat for you. Yeah, he went to bat for me. And, and you gotta remember, man, like, this is when I was like doing, uh, some, some pretty big, uh, like I was at the laugh factory crushing, you know what I mean? So I was doing like those hot 10 spots, yeah. you know what I mean? And like, and, uh, and all I had was like, just rapid fire. And, uh, and I, in my head, I'm like, Ooh, Cedric ain't going to follow this. Shit. <laughs> That's like, what you're Cedric, saying. In my head, I'm like, yo, Cedric, you fucked up tonight, man. <laughs> yo, you made the wrong decision putting me on this show. <laughs> I think it was like 3,000 people that night. It was, it was so huge. It was like one of the biggest things I've ever seen, like biggest events I've ever seen. Uh, and, uh, I went up, I crushed. I remember I crushed. I remember I got a few people to stand and, and I remember walking on in my head. I'm like, Oh man, he ain't gonna be able to follow this shit. <laughs> and I just, and I turn my, and I look to my left and you see Cedric in a suit, full suit, man, fedora, everything. And I'm walking towards him and he's like, that's what I'm talking about, Joe Coy. Make me work for my fucking money tonight. Let's go, motherfucker. And he hugged me. And I remember as he walked on stage, I was like, what did he just say? <laughs> like, what? Like, that was some confidence I've never seen in my life. 
like happy that I crushed. And he walked out. I mean, the first, let's just say 45 seconds, they didn't remember who the fuck opened for him. <laughs> Not one person in that venue even remembered the, the dude that went up for 10 minutes. No idea. Uh, and he cried. I remember just in awe, like watching him from the side, like that's, that's what I need to be right there. And, and, and from that day on, I was like, I can only have what, what I did that night has to be in front of me that night always. And I have to challenge myself every night. Like I got to be able to follow that. If there's a fire in front of me, I got to put it out and start another fire. And, and that, that it's from Cedric 100%. Wow. Yeah. Beast. So, so, he was promoting uh, uh, the the movie. Uh, oh, come on, the, the honeymooners. He was promoting okay. the honeymooners. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you dropped another Netflix special. Yeah. It blew up. Yeah. Again, uh, but put crazy. you on a. What's the difference between the first Netflix special and this one? Uh, the like s- as far as like the second one, I had to hurry up and get out because my son was becoming a teenager, and there was jokes in there that that meant a lot to me because it was a part of my life. And, uh, and, and it, it had to, it had to happen right there. I only had like six months left for that joke to be done. And, uh, because he said something to me when he was 12, 13 and now he's 15, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like it's done. Like now I'm making my son sound young. Like when I was reenacting him, reenacting him on stage, I was making, giving him a younger voice because I was trying to sell that joke, but I had to do that joke because it was so like funny like I like I like to this day I still remember the day he walked up to me and said what he said you got to watch the special but he did something uh and I, I had to do it and you know what's crazy I wasn't going to do that joke uh to close my son told me to do that joke did he really yeah yeah he told me to do that joke so that's why I did that joke as my closer and um I was actually going to close on my stepdad yeah. I have a joke for my stepdad that I was going to do for that night. And, um, and I had to shoot it in Hawaii because Hawaii gave me the love, but they wanted me to shoot it somewhere in the States because it was cheaper. Um, and then also my film crew was from New York. So that, oh, that, 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 that special cost so much money, but there was a reason why it had to be there. And that's why I shot it in Hawaii. So, so, but as far as like, you got the huge pop from the first Netflix Life special where, where, where it just, it's literally, I'm talking to you a month before it comes out. You're still selling out 16, 17 shows everywhere you go. Yeah. It's still crazy weekends everywhere you go. But when that thing dropped, yeah. it was like even comics that I remember hating on you way in the past were like, <laughs> yo, this Joe Coy dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I talk about a lot how people, it makes me angry to this day. The people that weren't making it when I first started yeah. were the people that were telling me, why is he your mentor? He, yeah. he does this and that. And yeah. like, that's, that's what they do, though. They do. Yeah. But now it's funny because now it's like you're in the mouths of a lot of people yeah. that you even like. This is what I know. You even know they hated on. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. And you're just like, all right, cool. Whatever. Yeah, man. You know, like, 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 I they, like I said, kids will write their stories. <laughs> You know what I mean? And yes. the truth will finally come out, man. Yes. I, I ain't got time to spend my energy on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I got one. I only have one goal. One is to to be the best of me and to feed my son. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I ain't got time for that that bullshit. And, and, and my goal was to get on Netflix. And that's it. And, and, and no matter what I had, I had to fire my old manager. 
I had to get new blood in it in and 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 even then we were still denied. Yeah. We were still denied that Netflix special. And, but yet I'm still I got cats that were opening for me getting Netflix specials. Mm-hmm. So just imagine what I was Well, like. I mean, that's you know, I remember having this conversation with you long time ago. It's like dudes that were opening up for you are now past. They're not selling as many tickets at the time, but they're getting opportunities you're not yeah. getting. Yeah. And I, for a person like you to be selling out, even back then, Bray Improv, Irvine, yeah. 16, 17 shows going out, selling across the country, but yet see other people that aren't doing that. Yeah. And you're not hating on it, but nope. they get that opportunity. Yeah. How'd you deal with that personally? Oh, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It hit me. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, Oof. I told D.L. Hughley the other day, I was like, I was like, um, we never get the first look. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah, I know exactly you, what you're You talking. don't get the first look, nope. and I'll never get the first look. Nope. And that's fine. That's been my reality my whole life. You know what I mean? I'm going to deal with this as for until the day I die. But at least I'm opening up the door for the other cat. Cause that way they get the first look. You know what I mean? But, but I had to open it a little bit. You know what I mean? And, um, but, but that's my reality that I've been dealing with my whole, my whole career. Like, you know, they're always going to hate on me. Oh, the reason why he's getting that is because of this. It's never because of what I am or, it's never or, about or, or, your or talent. my talent. Yeah. It's, oh, because of this, you got that. Oh, and now, oh, that, uh, he's selling out that because of, you know, because Netflix gave him that. But they don't want to hear the story. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear that Netflix didn't give me my special. They don't want to know that I paid for that entire special. And they don't want to know that after I cut that special, that no one offered money for it. And for seven months, I was sitting on a product that I paid a fucking grip for that's just sitting on my lap on a hard drive, (laughs) just sitting on my lap, going nowhere. And I I still got to feed my son. I still got to pay for school. I still got to go on the road and try and pay this fucking debt off. Yeah. And then I get the phone call, which was right like two days before Thanksgiving. And and then they're like, we'll buy it. We're going to take it. And then I cried. Here I go again. I cried. (laughs) But like that, that's, that's, that was my reality. Because it's always been no, 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 no. Yeah, you get a lot of no's. No, 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 no. Yeah. no, no. We we already found it. We 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 already looked somewhere. We already gave that first look to somebody. And I'm like, but I'm just, I'm telling you, man, I I did it myself. Here, everything, everything you need. I, you don't have to worry about the director. I feel, I feel like I feel like I was in a Leave It to Beaver episode. But but I did everything. I, I shot it myself. I I I played the characters. I made it. It's really funny. You'll see. Just try. Come on. Literally. So and then they were like, "All right, we'll look at it, but we'll let you know tomorrow." Yeah. And how I mean, long? How long was tomorrow? How long was that? Oof, about three months. That's a long tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I'm, I'm, you know what, Mike? I'm lying. They looked at it and literally, yo, I'm not disrespecting Netflix. Man. Yeah. God bless Netflix. Yeah. In no way am I, that, no, there's no hate here. I'm glad they made me shoot it myself. I probably would have never performed the way I did that night. Like that was hunger on stage. Yeah. So there's no disrespect to Netflix. I'm glad they did what they did. And to be honest, I'm glad I had full control of that special. Yeah. It, it, may, it, your way. it may, it wouldn't have looked the way it looked that night if they told me to go do it my, well, they didn't even tell me to do it myself. <laughs> I just went and did it myself. You're like, I'm going to do it this way. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm glad. So, and, and then they looked at it and, and literally when they looked at it, they said, don't shop it around. We want it. So I will say that. Okay. Yeah. So, so. But about, this is after they passed the first time. 
Oh, they passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, they passed. Yeah, they pass on not that same footage though. They no, no. They passed on just the verbal. The verbal. Yeah. Okay. Please, can you see this? But special? when they Please. saw it, they were like, after I shot it and everything, and I showed it to them finally, and then then they made me wait. Three and then it, yeah, it was about three or four months after they said, "Don't shop it around." And I was so, like, "Come on, man!" Like, because I knew 2017 they were releasing all these specials, and I was like, "I got to be in there. Yeah. I want to be in 2017. I want to be a long line all those comics. Yeah, the one, all these names that you're bringing back, and all these big names that are that are, are two weeks. It came out two weeks before Chappelle's, right? Uh, they put me in between uh, Chappelle and uh, no, I came out before. I think you came out a couple weeks before Chappelle. I Look came out. I came out. Before Chappelle and after uh, Louis, all I know is it was between. It was a hot month because they were doing it. They were doing one every Tuesday, and my month was March, and it came out. Mine was the same. They put me. They go, we're going to put you in March with uh, Louis and uh, and uh, Chappelle. Chappelle, and then I was like, motherfucker. The reason why I knew it was, I was Chappelle. Like, That's where I want to be. And this was in the streets because this is what I heard. This is exact, and this is, you know, people don't know, like, a lot of comics don't know how close I am. They go, yeah, Joe got a Netflix special, but nobody's going to watch it. They're just going to wait for Chappelle. Like, that's how I know uh. Chappelle was that month. Oh, really? Like, that's what's so messed up. And yeah. I go, no, I think it's going to blow. Yeah, I think man. it's going to blow. And then it went on and blew up. How did your life change at that moment when it came out? Um, It changed. It was overnight. Overnight, right? Overnight, yeah. A video the, the went whole, viral. The whole tour went. Every every clip went viral. Yeah, every clip went viral. Every everything that they put up went super viral. And then, um, but man, I knew that special was gonna blow, man, because it was just like those jokes were like, like they were heart, man. It was all heart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Those were real stories, man. Like you can't you can't deny the truth. You know what I mean? And and um, man, that that tour went on sale and it, it was completely sold out. We were adding like we couldn't believe we were adding theaters and then i mean we sold ten thousand tickets in seattle like that that like four months later like i was like wow Insane. yeah kent washington we did a, an ice skating rink or some shit it was the first time i ever saw that many it's my favorite piece of footage i ever i i always repost it because it, it just it's what, what, it? what is it it's where i say good night and i throw my hat oh and, yeah 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 and it, it was just i remember that night i was just like what the fuck is this and then the second one comes out yeah the second one was crazy so what's the, the second th- one took me to like yeah what's the difference like one put you selling out yeah. across the country overnight what, yeah. did, what did this latest one do for you uh the arenas wow yeah i'm like doing multiple arenas You're doing the forum bro i'm doing you two sold forums. out oh you added another one yeah i sold out the forum uh in one day and then uh, we were adding a f- another form. And then we sold out Chase Arena, where Golden State plays, you know, the yeah, new Chase. The new in San Francisco. And that sold out in a day. And now we're adding a second one to Chase. My dream uh, venue was always Constitutional Hall. Like, yeah. I was always scared to play Constitutional Hall because I didn't think I could sell it. And uh, and we put that on sale and it sold out in like a minute. So I can't wait to walk out on that stage, man. And then we added a second Constitutional Hall. Radio City Music Hall sold out. Is there something... Mall of America Arena sold out in Philippines. Coca-Cola Arena in Dubai. It's crazy. Is there a dream, comedy dream, yeah. that hasn't been fulfilled yet? Um, No, I'm living my life, man. 
This is it. This is this is all I dreamt about. But that fifteen year old me watching uh <laughs> Whoopi <laughs> and uh Cosby, you know what I mean? And Robin Eddie Dennis Wolfberg, holy shit. I can't tell you how many times I watched Dennis Wolfberg. If you don't know who he is, Google him. <clears throat> um yeah, just watching those repeatedly. Robin and uh, all of them. I'm and now you're it. living it, man. Yeah. That's crazy. That's nuts, right? Yeah. I get emotional. You should. You should. Because when you when you say stuff like what you said earlier, don't get me wrong, that it bites me. It bites me in the ass. Because you know what I mean? It's like, yo, dude, I put my I, I put my life on stage, man. You know what I mean? Like that's my heart. And when you walk on that, it hurts. But when you see it, you're like, oh, you, you get it now. And then when it blows. And, and sometimes they don't want to see it. So now I got So now I have this, this extra uh, uh, burn inside me to force you to see it or make you see it. Oh, okay. You don't want to see it? Well, then I got to shoot it. I'm going to make you see it. And I, and I want it on this platform. So I got to do whatever it takes to get it on this platform. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then the world saw it. And I'm glad because my peers were like, they, they, they gave it up, man. Like they finally gave it up. You know, it was, it was great to hear my peers, uh, uh, shout out that special yeah. live from Seattle. Now I, I want to talk about your peers. Yeah. I, I, because you, you, of course, you know, you're an inspiration to me. You helped me in the game, but I always bring up when people talk to me about you, I go today, and this is no offense, but you know, it's more teamy. Where people like, what's great about it is comics really support other comics. You yeah, know, through podcasts lately, lately, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. I wish I wish they've always done it. Yeah, but uh, you know, and I was I was part of that era where they weren't doing they weren't that, doing it, and they were being very, you know, you know how it is. If people take- people people get the lime, yeah, and they don't want to share the light. You know what I mean. <laughs> And, oh, yeah. and they're and they're afraid to share that line, you know what I mean? And and I don't understand why. I'm I'm just like, why why are you so scared to shine? Uh, you know what I mean? Shine, bro. We're all shining. Why why are you so scared? Like this light is the sun. The sun is gonna light up the whole fucking world, bro. We all get that light. Why are you so scared to share that light? Why are you so scared to share that mountaintop, bro? You we all get a mountaintop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Chris D'Elia has his own fucking mountaintop. Like, and it's huge. Good. You know what I mean? I got my mountaintop. Everyone's got their, you got your mountaintop. Everyone acts like there's only one mountaintop and you got to push everyone down. Yeah, push everybody and, down and the mountain. all this does right here is all you're doing is just like spending energy doing this shit all day. And you know what eventually happens? This dude climbs up and then this dude climbs up because you don't have enough hands to do it. Because you stop climbing. When you're pushing down, when you you're pushing down, climbing. you stop climbing. Yep. Stop. Bro, there's enough mountains for everybody, man. I, I do that. I, I, it's so crazy. And I know this sounds cheesy, Mike, but I was flying over the Rockies, right? The most amazing thing you'll yeah. ever see when you fly over. And there's not enough people in the world to stand on top of, of every, every single mountain. There's yeah. no way. There's mm-hmm. not enough people in the world. I know that's a weird, is mm-hmm. that an analogy? It's a weird. Yeah. But like, no, if it's you great really analogy. think about it. That's how small your mountain is. Man. <laughs> yeah. That's how small your fucking mountain is. 
There's not enough people in the world to stand on top of every mountain in the fucking Rockies. There's not. You can dump them all in there and you'd be like, yo, there's still enough mountains here. That's life. That's, that's, that's reality. That's, that's entertainment. That's, that's you at the office. That's you at uh, whatever it is that you're trying to do. You, we each get a mountain, bro. Like share it. You got, we're good. Why are you so concerned? You know what I mean? Well, you got it. I'm on this mountaintop. You know what you should do when you're on that mountaintop? Boom. Here you go. Boom. Here you go. Like, I'm not trying to say like what I did was, I, I was just only doing what Cedric showed me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and not be scared of it. But when I when I was doing what I was doing in those clubs, you know what I mean? I wanted to be like, yo, can you look at this guy too? Yo, this kid named Ty. Can you look at this kid? Michael. Can you look at this kid? This kid's really funny. Chris D'Elia. Can you look at this guy? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I wanted to share it. Because we all get a mountain, man. Yeah. I tell you, Joe, this is... Dude... The man would call clubs for me. Mm-hmm. I remember the only reason I got into Washington, D.C., the D.C. Improv, because Joe called them. And then they were like, well, we don't know if he's at that level yet. Can he co-sign on you where he does like, um, hey, this is Joe's pick and you should go see. Joe did it went out of his way. Didn't have to. And got me in that club, got me in Denver, you know, got me in so many different clubs. And you've always lived that life. And you're not just saying it now because you're one of the biggest comedians in the world. Yeah. You were saying that when I first met you 12, yeah. 13 years Isn't ago. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. No, I'm, I'm saying I can't believe it's been 12 years. Yeah. That's yeah. nuts, man. And you, I think it's even crazy to say you're one of the world's biggest comedians right now. That's Can crazy. you, I mean, just absorb that. One yeah. of the world, like ticket sales, like. Like profiles, like everybody literally, and I'm not just saying this, but I'll be in a supermarket and overhear people talking about you. That's what's crazy. I was at Trader Joe's down the street. Yeah. And I heard two people just talking about, oh, you see Joe Coy. And this was only like a couple of weeks ago. Your special's been out for months. And, you know, they were sharing a clip they were looking at. And I was like, dude, that's what's up right there. And I was yeah. so proud in that moment, man. It was like, how amazing is that? One of my friends is now one of the biggest comedians in the world. And you see people just talking about you unsolicited. Thank you, man. Dude, that's so awesome. I appreciate that. So with the good times, what what are some of the, uh, not bad, but some of the different things you have to deal with now being where you are? Is there anything different? I mean, it's, 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 it's a little, you know. Are your friends that, what, what closer? What did say? The more money, the more problems. Is, is that yeah. true? Is I that, think so. Okay. You know, but I, I'm not putting that out in the universe because, no. you know, my, I, I have a lot of people that I have to take care of. You know what I mean? But, so but, but, that, that's, that, that feels good. And I love it. I love the fact that I, I, I can do that, you know, cause I, I want them to like the, what, what, what is the main reason for, for, for what we're doing in life? You know what I mean? Take care of the people we love. Take care of the people you love. And that's the only thing I, I can give a fuck about what we're wearing. Like, don't get me wrong. I love what I wear. I love what I buy, but I also like, if I can do that, then I can do this. But what has changed for you as far as like outsiders? Like I I would imagine people now that you haven't talked to in years come out of woodwork. Oh, I would imagine that now people want to, Oh, you know what? Like even comics in the game and no names, but like, it's funny to me how to me and what I, you never been about 
oh, I got to do this because all the other comics are doing that. I kind of did my own thing because yeah. I never saw you as, I guess the word is a comics comic. Uh-huh. You were a Joe Coy comic. Yeah. You did your own thing. You didn't do what other comics yeah. did. You weren't, you didn't care about being in certain clubs that no. in town. The other no, comics. I had a, I had a kid to feed. Yeah. I didn't have time for that. Didn't have I didn't have to time it. to be in, in, yeah, the click. I didn't need it. I was too busy trying and that's to that's what I admire. You didn't need that. You did it your way. Yeah. I remember they used to make fun of me. I remember when you I used to hit out CDs outside yeah. the Laugh Factory and people would make fun of yeah, you. Yeah, they would make it. fun of me. Yeah. People would make fun of me. But I'm like, dude, I, I got to sell this for five bucks a pop because I got to buy diapers tonight. So you can make fun of me, but I'm going to crush tonight and I'm going to sell 10 of these because I need 50 bucks. So for go diapers. ahead and laugh. You know what's funny is uh, I was in. Uh, uh, this one lady, her name is Mindy. I forget her last name. I wish I knew it right off the hand. Uh, she came to my show with that, that DVD. She came. Uh-huh. Oh, from, yeah, the from the Laugh Factory. Factory days. And she still has it. And she, sh- and I, I literally was just like, Oh my God. Like, I couldn't believe it. I hugged her. I, I have it in my, I, my house because wow. I, I want to shoot a, a video uh, of it. And, and, um, and, and like I said, it's a numbers thing. It's like, it's not about how many you put out there. It's about who takes it and, and, and keeps it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, you can put 10,000 out there, but there's five people out there that fucking love it. And, they, and they're your army. And they're telling people, Mindy still has it after 13 years, showing everybody. It's sitting in her, she says it sits by her TV and people, oh, what, what is that? Oh, that's Joe Coy. This is, look, he used to sell this. Look. He used to go to Fry's and buy a stack of blank DVDs <laughs> and, 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 and burn stuff on there. Like, you know what I mean? And, and, and this is what he was selling to, to put diapers on his kid because he was working at Nordstrom Rack. And, and you only get 14 bucks at, uh, at the Laugh Factory each set. You know what I mean? So yeah, man, like, it, it, it's crazy to see that. It's crazy that to see like, like, like I got these old flyers, Mike. That I'm going to post. I'm sorry. I keep rubbing my nose, man. It's gross. I, I have bad allergies. But anyway, get this thing called Naze X. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. It, it, it works. I just failed to do it today. <laughs> and uh, they, they, they got this. Uh, I got these flyers um, uh, when I used to rent out theaters in Vegas. And, uh, and I, I got a sponsor. This is back when black uh, owned businesses were starting to blow up. Like FUBU, Dada. Yeah. Uh, Mecca, all these, like they were, they were all blowing up tribal. And I would sneak into these conventions at, in Vegas. And, uh, cause my friend was a B-boy and, uh, and he, he had like the pass. So he would get me in. And I remember walking up to Dada cause I met the owner uh, like years back and I walked up to the owner of Dada footwear and I was like, dude, I do comedy and I, I love to wear your stuff and blah, blah, blah. Long story short, they ended up being my sponsor. So here's this little Asian, half white, <laughs> half Asian kid in 1990 seven, whatever, doing these shows in these theaters that I'm renting out that's being sponsored by a black owned business. Big shout out to Lance Simpson. He just hit me on Facebook, by the way. Dope. And now we got our numbers. I'm not even bullshitting, man. This is crazy. I'm even talking about that. That's why I love like energy, man. When, yeah. when we say shit, I'm going to show you this, but this is, uh, he just hit me up on, on, uh, on, uh, and, and now he has that story too. Yeah. Look that Lance Simpson, L A N Z owner of Dada footwear. He just hit me up and, uh, he's in Bangkok right now. And he goes, I get back on the fourth. Let's link up. And I'm like, yo, all good. Let's do this. Like, it, it's just so crazy because when back then in 97, he was sponsoring me. He was paying. Me. I had his corporate card. Like, can you imagine that? 
<laughs> like here's this half white, half Asian kid renting out a theater just because none of the improvs would give me a spot. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just rent a theater. I got my own sponsor. He's paying for it. This guy's a young black millionaire that just came up with the same idea. Like I'm going to make fucking hats and shoes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, 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 uh, and he was sponsoring me. And then, uh, uh, and then he was like, I trust you, man. Who do you want, who, who do you want to bring? Bro, I got flyers. You got to see these flyers. You're going to shit yourself, man. I got a flyer. 1997, I think, I think it's 97. I, don't quote me on the, on the year. I'll, I'll get it to you later. Uh, like 97, 98 or whatever. Uh, I got, I got a flyer with Ian Edwards on it. This is, wow. with, this is Ian Edwards with dreadlocks. No. Because I, I, I remember when I met Ian, I met Ian on the, I, I met Ian through JB Smooth. And, uh, and I met JB Smooth because I was on the Black College Comedy Tour and I was opening for him. And I go, dude, I got this comedy night in Vegas. Will you come? And I, I remember flying him to, to JB Smooth? Yeah, yeah. I got a flyer with JB Smooth on it. And, uh, and, and I remember telling Aaron, they, they, you gotta remember this is 90, this is before Adam Sandler movies, yeah. Curb. This is before any of that shit, you guys. Before any of that shit. And I was, I remember telling everyone in Vegas, you gotta see this, this kid, JB, man. He's the shit. He's the future, man. This dude is fucking amazing. And, and, and everyone was like, who? And I remember I, I sold that show out. And, uh, and I remember everyone leaving going, hold on. My dad flew down for that. And my dad was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> he couldn't believe it. Cause he's never seen comedy like that. He's only, he only knew Carlin. He only knew Seinfeld. You know what I mean? And he was like, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. My dad. Yeah. He's like, holy shit. I go, I told you. This guy's a, this guy's a fucking beast, man. And then, uh, I, I, Michael Blackson. I had Michael oh Blackson come goodness. out. Yeah. And this is when Michael Blackson had a dashiki on and, yeah. and the, the thing. I was like, I remember telling everyone, I was like, dude, I opened for this guy, Michael Blackson. You got to see him. He's fucking amazing. This is 97, bro. 98, 97. Everyone came. Holy shit. Who's this guy? I remember when he got on Friday. I remember I was, cause I was still working. I was still doing uh, dolphin tour guiding and, and shit at, at dolphin Mirage. tour guide. Yeah, I was a dolphin tour guide. And I remember I was still, I was doing jokes at night and doing tours in, in the day. And I remember everyone that was, at, that worked with me was like, yo, that dude's on Friday. Oh. That guy you saw, holy shit, that dude's on Friday. Like they couldn't believe it. Like that was like, it was just cool, man. Ian, dude, it was just nuts, man. Would you say that's one of your best memories of comedy? Yeah, man. Because I felt like, um, Cause you gotta remember there, there weren't black clubs yet. Kings of comedy hasn't hit yet. Yeah. It wasn't mainstream yet. Like I still feel like there was a, like this underground circuit, like a chitlin circuit. Yeah. Like I, I feel like that was like this, this underground circuit that no one knew about. And, and like, yeah, Def Jam was out, but like it still wasn't like you wouldn't see JB on a weekend. Yeah. You wouldn't. I got you. You know what I mean? And Do I felt, vote? I felt like I was that guy in Vegas that, like I, I brought that. You so know you mean? had JB Smooth, Ian Edwards, yeah. Michael Blackson. Michael Blackson. How much did you pay? Um, like, like I, wanna, I gave, I gave them. Uh, this is in '97. This is how much these people got. Yeah, paid. I think it was '97, '98. I, I think Ian canceled on that show because he got a writing gig. Gotcha. Yeah, he got a writing gig. But I remember I was so hurt. I was like, Ian, dude, they're gonna love you in Vegas, bro. This is Ian, Ian yeah. Dreadlocks. Like this isn't Ian now. This is this is way way back, man. And uh, um, and I remember I was like, dude, they're gonna love you, man. But anyways, I I digress. Um, I was giving them the 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 nut of the uh the door. The door. Okay, got gotcha. yeah. So and it wasn't that much because I was doing two for ones and it was like <laughs> it was in the ghetto too, man. Like I was shooting this shit. I was I was I was uh 
I was renting the theater on Charleston and Maryland Parkway. It was called Hunt Ridge Theater. Yo, I had to hire security to watch cars. Cars would get broken into. It was bad. It was a bad area. It still is a bad area. In fact, that theater's not even around anymore. But uh, And that's why I wore that on my back, if you watch my special. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it says, the ghetto to the getty. And I'm like, God damn. Yep. My, my ex-wife... Uh, her uh, boyfriend is a painter. His name's Gino Perez. And he, I remember I walked in and I just saw it. He, he had it painted. And I'm like, yo, that's dope. Like, first of all, I like the way he wrote it, like the way he painted it. And then two, I just love the saying. I was yeah. like, yo, that's me, bro. Like, that's me. Like, that's, the, yo, I went from the Hunt Ridge to four sold out Blaisdell Arenas in, in Hawaii on Netflix. That's ghetto to the getty yes sir let's go put that on my back i'm gonna rock that shit so that i i i got the whole family on my back in that special love it man well joe thank you did so i much. talk too long no it's great god I damn it. this is here's the thing this is what i love about this interview it wasn't about the fun it was about we got the real joe coy on this one. this <laughs> yeah. is what, i love it i thank love you, it, man. man and i'm so proud i love of you. you i love you i'm so proud of you and continued success homie you're the shit you're the shit thank you bro love you